This is Women in Revival podcast. Today, we are starting a series called Journeying Through the Valley. Our topic is Digging in the Valley. Are you journeying through a valley? If so, are you setting your eyes on the valley or are you digging? Deborah Shinbi will now take us further on this subject. What a wonderful time to be together at the feet of the Lord Jesus. Here we are again together on the new series of Women in Revival podcast. I trust that the previous series has been a blessing to your hearts. The woman gave me to drink series. As we go through this second series, the topic for this second series is journeying through the valley. Journeying through the valley. I'm praying that the Lord himself will use this series of podcasts again to draw you to himself to bring you to his person that through this podcast you will come to a place of personal and deeper relationship with him our lord and our god we thank you so much we are grateful for the interest and the love that you have for us as women oh thank you that we are not an afterthought we are not afterthought at all we are not second class citizens Lord, we are not trouble. We are not the woe of man. We are not necessary devils, but we are your precious creature. Thank you for the plans that you have for the life of women. Thank you, Lord, for part of this plan, Lord, is what makes you to bring to us even the treasure of your word. As we start this new series again, journeying through the valley, please speak to our hearts, Lord. Capture every heart. Captivate our hearts, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Speak, O Lord, even as we listen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I am so grateful unto the Lord for this great privilege again to share the word with you. Some of you are in your home. Some of you are driving. Some of you, you are listening at your workplace. I just want to thank God for how he has made it possible for us to sit together to hear him. So our topic for this next couple of series is journeying through the valley. Journeying through the valley. You know, sometimes in our life, sometimes in our journey in life, God allows us to pass through valleys. That is the truth. Sometimes you may not plan to go through valleys, but God allows you to pass through valleys. The honest truth is that both Christian and non-Christian women do pass through valley routes. But when valley becomes part of your route, what do you do and how do you undo that journey? When you suddenly find yourself walking in the path of valley, walking in a path that is a valley, do you stay put with God till he brings you to the end or do you give up on God in your valley? Perhaps you may say, well, I don't even know what to say. Or maybe you are already in a valley journey. How are you finding it? And how much of God can you see in this valley? All these questions I'm praying that you will be able to answer to them, even in the course of this series. So I guess what you will ask is, what is actually valley? What does valley mean? Some of you may already have an idea of what valley could mean. So what is a valley? A valley is a low area of land between hills or mountains. 
typically with a river or stream flowing through it. So a valley is a low land. It's a low land in between mountains or in between hills. And usually there will be a river flowing through it. Are you saying? So when we are talking about a Christian woman journeying through the valley, that means journeying through a low season in life, journeying through a season of so-called discouragement, you know, journeying through a season when it looks as if there is no help, no one seems to understand you, journeying through a season when it looks as if everything is not working for you. It's a valley season. It's a valley route. You know, the valley journey for a Christian woman, it could be a season of life when all seems hopeless, when all human help seems to end. It could be a time of loneliness, a time of rejection. Can I ask you, are you in a valley route in your marital relationship? Are you in a valley route in your health, in your parenting journey? You know, many times when women are journeying through the valley, they often lose sense of the fact that there is a river. Remember the definition of valley that I gave to you. A valley would usually have a river flowing. And many times when we are journeying through valley, many times I say, many Christian women will lose sight of the river that flows, even in between that valley route. There is a stream in the midst of every valley that we go through in life. Therefore, you know, when we, look, when we do not have a sense of this, when a Christian woman do not know there is a river in between the valley that she's journeying through, you know, she loses focus. So she focuses her heart, her everything on the valley. She's unable to tap into this river that flows even in the midst of the valley. Christ is the river of life. And you know, he journeys with all his daughters throughout all valley journeys. He never leaves us alone. You know, there is a story that I once heard of a Christian man who had a dream or so, who at a point he was journeying. And as he was journeying, he could see footsteps. And he got to a stage, and that stage, it was a very difficult season of this man's life. And he could only see a man's footsteps. And he was very unhappy that, how could it be so that he was the only one that was journeying through those difficult moments? And he questioned God. And God said to him, son, actually, those footsteps that you see, those few footsteps that you see, that you thought it was you, were actually my footsteps. I carried you during those seasons. And do you know, when we go through valley season, when we go through valley route, that is what God does. He carries us. Do not waste the experiences that God may seem to bring your way during your valley routes. Do not ignore the encounters, the experiences of life that God will bring to you at valley routes. You know, the book of Genesis chapter 26, verse 17 and 19 says, 17 says, And Isaac departed thence, and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerard, and dwelt there. And Isaac's servant digged in the valley, and found there a well of springing water. So did you see? As Isaac departed, it was a time where there was quarrel when whatsoever he does. It's as if there are a group of people who will come to oppose him. 
you know, even the king would oppose whatsoever he did. And here he departed and found himself in a valley called the Valley of Gera. And while there, the scripture says to us that he servants the dog in that valley. So for you, as you go through your valley season, what is God expecting of you? Dig. Dig wells of hope. Dig deep into God. Dig deep into his word. Dig deep in prayer. Isaac's servant dog, even in those valleys. Yes, they were in valley. The dog. The Bible says, And Isaac's servants digged in the valley and found there a well of springing water. So in their digging, they found a well of springing water. You would not come across a well of springing water if you are not digging. There is a wealth of resources in God. As you dig, you will find. While you are at the valley, don't journey in vain. Start digging, even as Isaac's servants did. Don't stop digging wells of hope. For in your digging, you will find well of water. You know, I'm reminded of Mary Magdalene. She was a woman that come readily to my mind when she couldn't find the body of our Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, it was like a valley for Mary. But do you know, as low life season may be, as low as her experience was, she kept digging. She kept digging as she looked into the sepulcher. She did not give up hope. She hoped against hope. And lo and behold, she saw a resurrected Messiah. What is the valley of life that you are presently in? Have you given up hope? Or are you digging into Christ? Who is the well of living water? Jesus wants to give you water even in this route that you are journeying through. Jesus wants to give you water even in this valley path. He wants to give you water even in this valley that you have found yourself. Will you dig into him? Or are you willing to abandon him and embrace depression and embrace even the valley? Make not the valley your focus, but let Christ be your focus. As you dig into him in prayer and in his word, you will find rivers of living water even in your valley. Amen. podcast. Yesterday, we started a series called Journeying Through the Valley. Today, our topic is the Valley of Baca. Are you weeping? Are you crying? Is something causing you much pain? Let me tell you this. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Deborah Shinobi will now take us further on this subject.
What a faithful God we have, who in his mercy has brought us together again at his feet. You need to see me when I'm speaking now. There is a smile on my face. I am so happy and so grateful to the Lord. It's windy out there, but nevertheless, I am seeing the mercy and the faithfulness of the Lord. Thank you once again for joining with us on Women in Revival podcast. Last time we started a new series tagged Journeying Through the Valley. And we looked last time at what is a valley and how should you respond to a valley route? What should be your disposition when you are journeying through valley route? So today we are going to move a step forward as we consider two types of valley. Shall we pray? Father Lord, we thank you so much. Thank you for our hunger for your word that you are putting in the hearts of these ladies of different age group and backgrounds and nationality. Thank you, Lord, for your word is no respecter of person. Your word have capacity to affect the heart of any woman of any age, of any color, of any background. So thank you, Lord. Thank you for this series that you are taking us through. You know what route every woman is at this point. You know what route all my listeners are at this point. But as many who are the valley route, Lord Jesus, I am praying that you will speak unto their hearts. And even those who may seem not to be at the roots of valley, please speak to them. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So today we are looking at two types of valley. I want us to consider these valleys And perhaps you may be able to say, yes, this seems like what I am going through. One of the valleys, the Valley of Baca, which is also called the Valley of Weeping or the Valley of Tears. And I don't know, maybe you are at the Valley of Baca. Maybe you weep night and day. Maybe you weep on the road. You weep when you are alone. You weep when you are with people. Maybe you weep as an estranged wife. Or maybe you weep as a deserted mother. Maybe tears rolls down your cheeks very often due to disappointment from friends and loved ones. Maybe you weep because of the weight of the care that you are giving to your children, to your husband. Or maybe you are a caregiver. You are offering care to ill family member. I want to say to you, God have a word for you this afternoon. Maybe that season of life seems so difficult. I want to encourage you that you should put it in God's hands. Put your valley of baka, your valley of weeping, your season of crying, put it in God's hand. And I tell you, it will become treasure of the dark. You will find even in this valley of your weeping, treasures of darkness. I'm not teaching, I'm not speaking what I've not experienced. This has been my experience. I've journeyed through the valley and I've seen the faithfulness of God. In the series after this, I will be running a true life story on this Women in Revival. So I am not sharing about a God that I have not yet experienced. When you put your season of tears, season of weeping, your valley of Baca, into the hands of God, I tell you, you will find in those valley treasures of the dark. 
I defined to you in the last session the meaning of valley. I told you a valley is a low area of land between hills or mountains. It is typically with a river or stream flowing through it. So when you are journeying through a valley route, it seems as if you are in a low season of life. It looks as if you are in a time when everything seems hopeless. And you know the book of Isaiah chapter 45, verses 1 to 3 says, Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holding, to subdue nations before him, and I will lose the loins of kings, to open before him the two-lived gates, and the gates shall not be shut. You see, God is saying to you that even in your valley of Baca, in your valley of weeping, what will he do? He will leave open for you gates that will not be shut. Even though, yes, this is speaking to Cyrus, but Cyrus is dead and gone. Whenever you read the Bible, read the Bible as though it is talking to you. So God said, I will open the gates and it will not be shut. I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. And I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by name, am the God of Israel. Do you know in whatever valley you are in now, in your valley of Baca, God knows you by name. God knows the reason why you are weeping. And God is saying, I will break in pieces the gates of brass. I will cut in sunder the bars of iron. And I will give you the treasures of darkness. I will give you hidden riches of secret places. Even in that weeping, do you know there are riches of secret places? There are wealth that are locked up even in that your valley of Baca, so that you can know that he is Lord, so that he can know that indeed he has engraved you in his hands. Can I ask you at this moment, what is the reason for your tears? Why have you been weeping? Why are you weeping, lady? Why are you weeping? What is the cause of your crying? What is it that wakes you up in the middle of the night and you cry and cry? What has brought you to this valley route? And who are you seeking even in this valley route? You know, Jesus said to Mary Magdalene, while at the sepulchre, he said, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom seekest thou? Why are you weeping? And even in the midst of your weeping, who are you seeking? What are you seeking? Are you seeking Christ in the midst of this weeping? I will read Psalms 84, verses 1 to 7. It says, How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts! My soul longeth, yes, even fainted for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cried out for the living God. I will stop here before I continue verse 3. I am seeing again what you should be seeking while you are in that valley of Baca. What must you be seeking? Seek for the tabernacle of the Lord. Seek for God. The psalmist says, my soul longs. Yes, my soul faints for you in your court. 
says, my heart, my flesh cries out for the living God. Let your weeping bring you to that place of crying out to the living God. And verse 3 says, yes, the sparrow had found a house and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young, even thine altars, O Lord of hosts. My King and my God, blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee, Selah. Let me stop on this verse 4. Are you saying that even sparrows, even animals, what do they do? They find their nest. They lay their young even at the Lord's altar. How much more you, the crown of his creation. It says there is a blessedness. When you dwell in the court of the Lord, when you inquire at his temple, when you spend time with the Lord in prayer and in his word, even though you are weeping, your weeping valley must not take you from your God and your maker. And you know, as you do that, you will find a cause to praise God, even though it is a valley of weeping. Verse 5 says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them, who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. The rain also filled the pools. I will stop on these verses before I move on. When you make God your habitation, when you do not allow your eyes, your heart, your soul to be beclouded with your weeping. Yes, I tell you, it's okay. Cry when you need to cry. Weep when you need to weep. But don't let your weeping hinder you from going to the master. Because it is in your going that those valleys of Baca will be made into a well. He said those passing through the valley of Baca, they make it a well. You know, we spoke of Isaac, who dug, and it will not just be a well, it will be a well of living water. And he says, rain, even rain, also we feel that pool. That is what happened as you engage God in your valley of Baca. Verse 7 of Psalms 84, it says, they go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeared before God. So when you go to God, even though you are in the valley of Baca, when you make his court your place of habitation, when you spend time with God in prayer and in his word, I tell you, you will find your valley of Baca become a well. Your valley of Baca become a well of living water. You will find that, that you will go from strength to strength as you appear before the Lord. Your sorrow, your weeping, your tears should actually bring you closer to the tabernacle of the Lord. Your soul should actually be longing for the Lord. I know that naturally speaking, you don't really want to go and pray because of the challenges that is facing your life. You don't want to read your Bible. You don't want to do anything spiritual. But actually, that is the time that you need to engage God the most. Just as the psalmist says, the valley route should draw you closer to God like never before. Your valley of Baca, your valley of weeping. Yes, you are weeping over that child. Yes, you are crying over your marriage. Yes, you are weeping over your husband, even though it looks as if nothing is happening. But can I say to you, all of those should take you back to your God 
and your maker. There you will find strength. There you will find hope. You will be able to experience God in an unusual measure. Psalms 35b says, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Your weeping may have lasted for years, for months, but this is the hope for every godly woman. Joy comes in the morning. The morning breaks forth with joy. And Psalms 24 verse 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. What should be your response in this valley of Baca? Spend time with the Lord in prayer, in his word. Lay your weeping at his feet. Weep at his feet. Weep as you pray. And your money will break forth, even with joy. Amen. Women in Revival podcast. Two days ago, we started a series called Journeying Through the Valley. Today, our topic is the Valley of Akka. Are you journeying through the Valley of Akka? Are you wondering why God put you there? Let me tell you this. God put you there to show you his love for you. Deborah Shinobi will now take us further on this subject. We are so grateful to the Lord again for bringing us at his feet on Women in Revival podcast. I just want to thank God for his faithfulness, his loving kindness over each and every one of you. Heavenly Father, I really want to thank you for your love. Thank you for the entrance of your word brings life and understanding to the simple. To every single heart, Lord, for to every single woman that are listening to this podcast at this point, Lord, please speak to their hearts. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you once again for joining with us. We have started a series in the last two, three days now on journeying through the valley. Last time we looked at one type of valley, the valley of Baca, the valley of weeping, the valley of tears, the valley of crying. And we said that whenever you find yourself at the valley of Baca, your response must be to engage God in his beauty of holiness, to engage him in his court. Don't desert the Lord because you are in the valley of Baca. Don't neglect God because you are in a valley of weeping. 
Don't desert God because the circumstances that surround your life brings you weeping every second. Your weeping should take you back even to your Lord and your God. So today we are going to look at another valley, the second valley, which is the valley of Akko. The valley of Akko. And don't forget our definition of valley. A valley is a low area of land between hills or mountains, typically with a river or stream flowing through it. So a valley usually have a river flowing through it. And I said, don't engage the valley. Focus your heart on the river that God has allowed your way, even in that valley. So God allows a woman to come into the valley of Akko in order to show his mercy to such a woman. God deliberately allowed this valley in order to bring an undeserved life, an undeserved woman to God's unending grace and favor. That is the valley of Akko. The valley of Akko, it's God's mercy. Say, yes, even though I should treat you in a wrong way. But God says, I am going to treat you in a way that you never deserved. Grace unspeakable comes forth even in the valley of Akko. And do you know, honestly speaking, this is what God did for every believer in Christ Jesus. He brought us to the cross to give us a vineyard in his kingdom. A scripture in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 says, God has called us unto his kingdom and glory. I think that's 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 12. God has called us unto his kingdom and glory. He brought us to that valley of Akko. He brought every believing man and woman to the cross. The cross is not what you work for. The cross is not what you deserve. It's what he did out of his love and mercy and favor. Let me read Osea chapter 2 verses 13 to 17. It says, and I will visit upon her the days of Balim, wherein she burned incense to them, and she decked herself with her earrings and her jewels. And she went after her lovers and forget me, saith the Lord. Therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak comfortably unto her. I want you to take note of this scripture that I'm reading. You know, this is speaking to a female gender. Yes, this was the story of God, you know, expressing his love to the Israelites, even when they have deserted him. So verse 14 says, again, I'm going to read verse 14. Therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak comfortably unto her. And I will give her a vineyard from thence, and the valley of Akko for a door of hope. And she shall sing there as in the days of her youth, and as in the day when she came up out of the land of Egypt. 16. And it shall be at that day, saith the Lord, that thou shalt call me Ishi, and shall call me no more Bali. For I will take away the names of Bali out of our mouth, and they shall no more be remembered by their name. Are you seeing? The valley of Akko is a valley that God in his mercy brings a woman to in order to introduce himself unto such a woman. 
There are many women joining through churches, but they have not really have a personal encounter of God. There are women out there who don't go to church, but God allows life situation to bring them to know him as their Lord and their God. And God said, in that valley of Akko, says, I will give her something instead of the valley of Akko. And what is that? God said, I will give her a door of hope instead of the valley of Akko. I will open to her a door of hope. So the valley of Akko is a valley that God allows a life to come through. It may seem hopeless, but in the midst of it, such a woman will experience hope in the midst of hopelessness. God brings restoration in the valley of Akko, just as he restores us to relationship with him by the death of Christ Jesus. Like I said earlier, this particular scripture speaks of the female gender. It shows the faithfulness of God to a woman who literally do not deserve it. Though this speaks of the Israelite, like I said, do you know this is the faithfulness of God to every believing woman? And this is the faithfulness of God to every woman out there who do not even know God. God is willing and desiring to allow, to woo every woman to himself. So bring them to the place where they can receive a door of hope instead of their valley of Akko. Do you know at the valley of Akko, trouble will be turned into joy, despair into hope. Isaiah 65 verse 10 says, Shannon will become a pasture for flocks and the valley of Akko a resting place for hearts. For my people who seek me. If you seek God while you are in your valley of Baca, it will turn for you to a valley of Akko, where despair is turned into hope, where sadness is turned into joy. Where, like the book of Isaiah says, you receive joy even for your money, you receive the garment of praise for the spirit. Of heaviness. As you seek God, this is what God will do for you, even though going through the valley of life. Would you arise from this podcast and seek the Lord? Would you arise from this podcast and lose sight of your valley roots and focus on the river of life? Who wants to turn your situation around? Would you lift your eyes on the man of Calvary? The one who went to that valley also for you and for me to deliver us from hopelessness, to deliver us from the life of sin and death and make us today partakers of the inheritance of the saints in Christ Jesus. Amen.
This is Women in Revival podcast. Three days ago, we started a series called Journeying Through the Valley. Today, our topic is hindrances in a valley. Are you journeying through a valley? Are there hindrances that are stopping you getting the best out of it? Deborah Shinobi will now take us further on this subject. for bringing us again to another edition of women in revival lord jesus we thank you so much for speaking your words onto our hearts as i'm praying i'm even remembering history many men and women they gave their lives for your word oh lord jesus men lord like latima men like william tyndale they gave their lives for your word there was treasure in your word. In some centuries back, women could not hear your word, even in their own very language. But here we are. We can listen, we can read, we can sit and study your word in a language that we can understand. And you can even now speak to us through podcasts. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. As we go into this session again, we need you, Lord. Speak to us. Let your Holy Spirit speak unto every heart. Take these laws from my hands, Lord. And Lord, feed every woman. Let their need be met. Let them, Lord, come in contact with you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to bless the name of the Lord who has helped us so far in this new series, Journeying Through the Valley. Last time we looked at the second valley, the valley of Akko. And I said that it's a valley that God deliberately allows a woman into in order to reveal his mercy, his favor, his grace that we do not deserve unto us. And that happened first at Calvary. Amen. So today, I want us now to go and look at what hinders a woman from making a valley of Baca into a well. What hinders a woman from making a valley of Akko into a door of hope? What could these things be? I know some of you, you are indeed journeying through valleys. Some of you have children that don't talk to you anymore. Some of you have family members that have deserted you. Some of you are going through difficult health problems. Some of you, you are in that place where you are questioning, is there really God? And I say to you, there is a God who rules over the affairs of men. So what are the things that could hinder you? from making your valley of Baca into a well, nor your valley of Akko into a door of hope. One of them is unbelief. Unbelief in Hebrews chapter four, the Bible told us how the men of old, they could not enter into God's rest because of unbelief. They did not believe. I tell you, unbelief is one of the things that will hinder you to receive the best of God in your valley roots. And do you know unbelief is actually sin? Not believing in God, not believing that God can actually do what only he can do. It is sin. So I can say that one of the things that will hinder a woman 
from making a valley of Baca into a well, nor a valley of Akko, a door of hope, is sin. The book of Isaiah 59 from verse 1 says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear you. One of the things that will hinder you in your valley of Baca or that of Akko is sin. Sin is the quarrel between God and man. Many times we don't want to talk about sin. We don't want people to speak on sin. But actually, Christianity that do not preach sin is useless. If we do not talk about sin, we are making a non-effect of the death of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. The reason why Christ came was to bring an end to sin. Sin was what was in between us and God. So Christ had to come as a middleman between us and God to clear us of sin. So if you are still continuing in sin, even though you are in a valley of either Baca or Akko, you will not see what God wants to do with you even in this valley. Just your iniquities have separated between you and your God. Your sins have hid his face from you so that he cannot hear you. If you now go to verse 3 downward, it began to list the various types of sins. It says you have defied yourself with blood. Some of you are married to a man who say, well, even though this pregnancy at this point is not what I want, and it looks like a very difficult decision. The man is saying, well, I don't want us to have baby now. We have to go on our boat. And you know it is not God's will for you to shed blood. But you said, okay, should I go and do it? But I see God coming to you even through this podcast and say, look, if your hands are defied with blood, it makes it difficult for you to engage God in your valley. Since your fingers are soiled with iniquity, say your lips are spoken lies. Some of you are in a very difficult situation, very tight situation. And you felt, well, I have no choice than to lie. Some of you, you are in your workplace, things are happening. You take things that never belong to you. You do things that you ought not to do. When your manager, when your bosses come, what do you do? You tell lies. God is saying, yes. To live your Christian life may seem difficult for you in your workplace, but give me space. Then you will see what I will bring out of that valley. Say so your tongue mutter iniquity. Your tongue mutter perverseness. Says so none call for justice. And it goes on and on and on. Listing what would these sins be. Sin in that God from walking through you in your valley. It's not about your valley. Valley in God's hands, like I said, you can get treasures in the dark, even though you are in the valley. So sin will hinder you from making your valley of Baca into a well or your valley of Akko into a door of hope. Another thing is ungratefulness. Many times women are ungrateful. Many times women will rather envy Compare, you know, be jealous of another woman, be jealous of another family. Rather than give thanks to God 
and all of this envy, comparison, jealousy leads to an ungrateful heart. You know, the Bible says godliness with contentment is great reward. So one of the things that will hinder you, that will stop you from seeing the best of God in your valley season is what? Ungratefulness. Don't compare yourself with others. Don't envy others. Don't enter into competition with another woman. Don't be jealous with another. Don't look at yourself and say, well, my marriage is not working out where ours is working out where. Then you become grumpy. God says no. Because all this will lead to ungrateful heart. It will lead you to an ungrateful heart. The psalmist in the book of Psalm 73 verses 1 to 3 says, Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped, for I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Are you seeing? When you compare yourself, when you see yourself in the mirror of your friends, when you see yourself in the mirror of, of family members, of even church members, you begin to compare yourself, you begin to run a race with them, and you lose sight of what God wants to do in you, through you, and for you. So the psalmist said, while I was looking at another person, I lost sight of what God was doing in me. He said, my steps had well nigh slipped. I nearly missed the point. I nearly missed my place in God. Why? Because I was envious. Why? Because I was comparing myself with another. I was envying the foolish. I was looking at how prosper they are in all their ways. Ungratefulness. It's an offshoot of envy, of jealousy, of comparison, and all of those. Comparison, envy, and jealousy blindfolds you from seeing the faithfulness of God, and then you become ungrateful, and you become unable to see God's ability even in your valley. Another thing that could hinder, that could stop you from seeing the faithfulness of God in your valley, God is there, but because you are not focusing on God, you lose sight of him, not because he is not there. He is there. You know, it reminds me of the story of Hagar. In Genesis 21, when he left the house of Abraham with Ishmael, he was there in the wilderness. There was no water, but it was in that same place that God pointed a well to him. So when you are beclouded with ungratefulness, when you are beclouded with sin, you will not see what God is providing for you, even in that root or valley. And the third thing is detaching yourself from the Lord. Sin automatically detaches you from God. And ungratefulness will detach you from God. Did you see? These are a step that leads to another. When you become ungrateful, you become detached. You become focused on people rather than on God. And 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. What Christ called us into, regardless of whatever season of life we find ourselves, is a lively hope. 
are called to Christ is a lively hope. This was what the disciples of old experienced. You know, they knew that they are called to the Lord. They are called to discipleship. It's a lively one. It is to a lively hope. So they were joyful even during persecution. They counted it joy to suffer for the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, men like Paul could sing while he was locked up in the prison. The Christian life is a lively one, regardless of whatever route you are journeying through. Regardless of whatever season of life you find yourself. Regardless of whatsoever is facing your life. The Christian life is lively. There is no pinch of boredom in the Christian journey. How God responds to those who are faithful, though in the valley, is amazing. People who are in the valley, they have seen God's faithfulness. Just like the book of Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 20 to 21 says, Don't say the Lord, if he can break my covenant of the day and my covenant of the night, and that there should not be day and night in their season. 21, then may also my covenant be broken with David my servant, that he should not have a son to reign upon his throne. And with the Levites, the priests, my ministers. You see, this has always been God's response to every daughter, every son of his who are journeying through the valley. His covenant. His covenant came through for Paul, even though locked up in the prison. His covenant came through for our Lord Jesus Christ. Death could not hold him captive. He rose again. This is the hope of our faith. And Psalms 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Let me stop here. So whatsoever path, whatsoever route you are journeying through, may I say to you, if you allow it in God's hands, it will become for you a path of righteousness for his name's sake this is his covenant with his children and finally from verse 4 yes though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff they comfort me thou prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies thou anoints my head with oil my cup runs over surely Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. This is the testimony of those who have discovered God as their dwelling place, even though journeying through the valley. Amen.
This is Women in Revival podcast. Four days ago, we started a series called Journeying Through the Valley. Today, our topic is Hannah in the Valley. Are you journeying through a valley? Hannah also journeyed through a valley. Her valley was full of weeping, but in the end, she got the best result. Deborah Shinobi will not take us further on this subject. It is so sweet to trust in Jesus and to take him by his word and to rest on his promises and to know thus says the Lord. Amen. I am grateful to the Lord for bringing us together again on Women in Revival podcast. Father, we thank you on behalf of my sisters. Lord, we thank you for the gift of your word to us. As we glean together again this moment, we are asking for your blessing, even upon your word. Expand your word unto us, Lord, and help us to respond. Help us that we will not just hear and hear. Help us to be doers of these words that you are speaking. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We are still in the series, journeying through the valley. I know that there are many women who are journeying through the valleys. Some of you have already journeyed through valleys. Some of you are in that valley route at this point in your life. And last time we looked at what could hinder, what could stand as an hindrance in your valley route. And we looked at ungratefulness. We saw sin as an hindrance to tapping into all God has for your life, even though in valley. Amen. But today we are going further to look at a practical example of a woman who also went through the valley route. And today we are looking at the person of Hannah. Hannah, the mother of Samuel. I'm sure you all know Hannah. Don't forget her definition of valley. A valley is a low area of land between hills or mountains, typically with river or stream flowing through it. So many times I said women seem to focus on the valley and lost sight of the river that God has kept in place throughout those valley journeys. So let us look at Hannah that we may glean even from her life. In your valley journey, how do you undo the people that come your way? As you will see in the story of Hannah, you know, some of these people can be very helpful, but some of them, in most cases, they are not. People that you may come across on your valley route, they may not be helpful, they may not be kind. So from the story of Anna, I want us to go and glean. She is a woman like us. She walked this planet earth and she went through valley. And today we speak of Prophet Samuel. Prophet Samuel did not become Prophet Samuel. Prophet Samuel was because God found an Hannah who responded to the Lord in a valley route. So the book of 1 Samuel chapter 1, I read, it says, Now there was a certain man of Ramathizophim, of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zoph, and Ephratite. And he had two wives. The name of the one was Anna, and the name of the other Penina. And Penina had children, but Anna had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, 
Ophini and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. Let me stop here on verse 3. So this story is painting to us the story of Anna and his family background. He was married to a man called Elkanah, and the man has two wives, Anna and Penina. I don't know whether you are following through as I was reading. So the name of one was Penina and the other was Hannah. And the scripture says to us in verse 2 that Hannah had no children. And every year, Anna would join with her husband and the second wife, even to Shiloh to worship. Now, I will now jump very quickly, even to verse 5. Say, so, but unto Hannah, he gave a worthy portion. For he loved Anna, but the Lord had shut her womb. I want us to begin to see the type of person that Anna was. So when they go to Shiloh, Elkanah would give portions to everybody. So he would usually give more to Anna than every other people. And the Bible says the Lord himself shut her womb. So if we are looking at the background of Anna, from her husband's perspective, her husband will give her things. Yet, her husband have another wife. Perhaps because Anna could not give a child in those days. So he has to look for a woman who will give him what Anna could not give. So I want you to picture what Anna's life could be going through in those seasons of life. And the Bible says it was actually God who shot her womb. So we would have said where well, even God contributed to those seasons that she found herself. And verse 6 told us that her adversary also provoked her. So she made life miserable for Hannah. Why? Because God shut her womb. It wasn't because of what Hannah did, but it was what God did by himself. He shut the womb of Hannah, and Hannah became a reproach even to Penina. So when this is happening, Anna would cry and weep because of the provocation, even from Penina. She will cry and cry and cry. And in verse 8, Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Anna, why are you weeping? And why are you not eating? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to thee than ten sons? Are you seeing this man? If she is indeed better to Elkanah than Tenson, why marry another woman? So I want you to begin to picture some of the things that Anna would have been hearing, which could be what some of you are hearing. And what I want us to focus on are Anna's way of life, her responses, even in all of this. Let's see Anna's response in verse 9. Anna rose up after they had eaten and after they had drunk, and Anna rose up. I want you to keep that in your heart. In Anna's valley, when Anna was journeying through the roots, that was a valley. She was molested. She was reproached. Yet, she rose up. Rose up to do what? She rose up in verse 10. The Bible says she was in bitterness of soul. She prayed unto the Lord. She wept so, and she made a vow. Are you seeing now? I said, it is okay to cry. But don't let your cry blindfold you from seeing God. So Anna wept and she made a vow. She prayed. She went to the Lord. She did not engage Penina. She did not start a quarrel, a fight with Penina. No, she did not even start a quarrel with her husband. They were not a reason for the valley roots. She rather engaged God. And it's also amazing that Anna did not stop worshipping God, even though it was God who shot her womb. 
What a challenge for you and for me. That in our valley season, we not see God as our enemies. Anna did not. She prayed. And I want us to also go on and see. She made a vow. She spoke all this in her heart. And in verse 14, here came the pastor of the church, Eli. And Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put away your wine from you. Are you seeing that even the pastor seems not to understand what was happening in the life of Hannah? He just assumed that Anna was a drunkard. She was wrongly accused. But yet, what was Anna's response even in the midst of this valley? Verse 15, Anna answered and said, No, my Lord. She was a woman that responded with grace. She wasn't upset about the way she was addressed. She said, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have only poured out my soul before the Lord. Don't count your unmaiden as the daughter of Beliah, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. You see, she explained to Eli gently, unlike many Christian women, the moment you are opposed, the moment somebody accused you wrongly, what do you do? You jump. You begin to spread the news about. If you can't face the person, you begin to spread it from one person to another. You pick up your phone and begin to chat and gossip about that person. But Anna did not do that. She explained herself. And in turn, Eli blessed her and prayed for her. And verse 20, the Bible says, Wherefore it came to pass, when the times come about that Anna had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel. So Anna left Shiloh and went back home and she conceived a Samuel. A woman that received treasure even in the dark. A woman that received substance even though going through the valley. A woman who learned to look to the river of living water, even though in the valley. She did not engage the valley. She engaged God, who is the source of life. If you now go through 1 Samuel chapter 2, you take time to read through it. You will see Anna's expression of praise. She said, my heart rejoices in the Lord. My horns is exalted in the Lord. She said, my mouth is enlarged over my enemies. She said, because I rejoice in your salvation. And she goes on and on. Would you let your heart also rejoice in God's salvation? And stop quarreling with your husband. And stop quarreling with women. Some of you, you will go extra mile. You know, even to quarrel with women that are having affairs with your husbands. No, you don't need to. You engage God. Some of you, you have buried your head down. Some of you, you have come to that place of making enmity with your husbands and with the strange women that are in the life of your husband. Don't make them your focus. You make God who can give treasure in the dark. Make him your focus even as Hannah did. And at the end, there will be a cause for joy. Amen.
is Women in Revival podcast. For the past three days, we've been looking at a series called Journeying Through the Valley. Today, our topic is Jesus in the Valley. Our Lord Jesus Christ also journeyed through a valley. His valley was full of weeping, crying, agony and pain. In the end, he became the author of eternal salvation. Deborah Shinbi will now take us further on this subject. We thank God in his faithfulness who has allowed us through this series, Journeying Through the Valley. We thank God for the five sessions that we have had so far and how he has been challenging your hearts. Some of you are in diverse situations, diverse valleys of life, and you are beginning to see what your disposition should be as a woman even in the midst of all your life is going through. Last time we looked at a practical example of a woman in the Bible who also went through the valley route and what her response were to her husband, to a strange woman in her husband's life, what her response was even to the pastor who accused her wrongly, who perceived her wrongly. We saw what her response was even to God who seems to have a contribution even in our barrenness. We learned some wonderful truths from the life of Anna. And the Lord challenged our hearts also to arise and go also and do likewise. Today, which is the last series in this journey through the valley, I want us to look today even at our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the pattern that God has given to us. Hannah is good, Anna is wonderful, but as wonderful and as glorious as Anna may seem, she is nothing to be compared to our Lord Jesus Christ. So I want us to look at Jesus because in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 29, says that to whom he did for new, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. This is God's plan, that the way I respond in my valley roots will reflect the way Christ himself responded in his valley roots. We are meant to conform to the image of our Lord Jesus Christ. So our Lord and our God, we thank you for the five series that we've done so far. Thank you for this last session. Holy Spirit, I am asking that you will speak unto every woman Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Even as we round up this session, please feel free to send us your questions, your requests, your prayer requests. If you go on our website, go on, contact us. Feel free to send us email. Feel free to call. Whatsoever your issues are, we will trust the Lord to minister even unto you. Do you need counseling? If you have any counseling need, please do feel free to give us a call. So we are looking at Jesus in this valley, our Lord Jesus Christ in this valley. Amen. Don't forget what we said the definition of valley was. I told you last time that a valley is a low area of land between hills or mountains, which is typically with a river or stream flowing through it. Amen. So as we look at Jesus today, who also journeyed through a valley route, how did Jesus respond? I want us to go even unto him this afternoon and glean from him. The book of Luke chapter 22 verse 47 said, 
saying, Jesus was the one saying here, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. So this was Lord Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. When he had drunk the cup of my iniquity, the cup of your iniquity, that which stood like an entrance between human and God, the sin nature, the human nature, Jesus drank it. He held the cup and said, Father, I would have loved not to drink this cup because in my drinking this cup, I will be severed from you. I know your eyes cannot behold iniquity. But Jesus said, if this will bring many women, many men to glory, let your will be done. So this was Christ in his own valley route. He embraced the will of God. So as you journey the valley route, what must be your response? Embrace God's will. Even though it may seem difficult, embrace whatsoever God's will is. And where do you find the will of God? The will of God is written in the pages of the Bible. The Bible has everything concerning your life. And in Matthew 27, I will read a few verses. From verse 12, it says, And when he was accused, again, this is talking about Jesus. And when Jesus was accused of the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. You see, remember we learned about Hannah, when Hannah was accused also. Hannah explained herself humbly. But we are seeing our Lord. He said nothing. He did not defend himself. Then said Pilate unto him, Hearest thou not how many things they witness against thee? And Jesus answered him, Never a word. In so much that the governor marveled greatly. Are you saying, even the governor was surprised that how could it be that somebody will be accused wrongly and he will not defend himself? Oh, when God begins to find women who are willing, you know, to be quiet, even when they are wrongly accused by their husband, they will begin to be women who capture the hearts of their husbands. And in verse 26, they then released he, Barabbas, unto them. And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him the old band of soldiers. And they stripped him. I want you to begin to consider what was happening to Jesus while he was on this valley route. He was stripped. They put on him a scarlet robe. And when they had plated a crown of thorns, they put it upon Jesus' head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and they mocked him. This was the king of glory, you know, and smote him on his head. Imagine a man who already had a crown of thorn on his head. Now smiting him, will it not make things more difficult for him? Will it not be painful? But verse 31 says, and after that they had mocked him, they took the robe off from him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. Then were there two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and one on the left. And they that passed by revived him, wagging their heads and saying, You that destroyed the temple, you say you will destroy the temple and build it in three days. Save yourself now. If you are indeed the son of God, 
come down from the cross and prove it. That was what they were saying to him. Having mocked him, even passers-by, they were mocking the one who created the heavens and the earth. They were mocking the son, the second person in Trinity. They were mocking the Messiah. And yet, he never said a word. He said nothing. In verse 41 now, it says, Likewise also, the chief priest mocked him with the scribes and elders, and they said, He saved others. Himself he cannot save. If you be the king of Israel, come down from the cross, then we will believe you. What type of a mockery? What type of a mockery is this? He was mocked by young. He was mocked by the old. He was mocked even by the thief on the cross. Imagine someone who never stole was crucified amongst robbers. He was numbered amongst thieves. Such was the humiliation that he went through, but he never defended himself. And verse 43 says, he trusted in God, let him deliver him now, if we will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. Are you seeing? Maybe you yourself, you have heard that type. That, did you say you trust God? You will see how your God will help you with this your situation. And some of you, you flare up. And you begin to say all sorts of things. Some of you will carry a card and begin to say, well, they've said something against my God. Jesus did not do that. He was silent before them. He defended not himself. Verse 44 says, The thieves also, which were crucified with them, cast the same in his teeth. Imagine. And 45, Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness all over the land unto the ninth hour. Not only was he mocked for about three hours, there was darkness. It was as if in verse 46, he says, and about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Did you see just like Hannah? Oh God, have contribution was actually the one who shut our womb. Jesus was forsaken by God. Why? Because he was carrying sin. He was carrying sin. And at that point, he was neglected by the Father. And you can see later on in all the remaining verses. In verse 48, the Bible says, And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. And the rest said, let us see where Elias will come and save him. So he was mocked. And the Bible says, Jesus in verse 50, when he had cried again with loud voice, he yielded up the ghost and he gave up his life for humanity. That was his valley. He went through a valley journey. So when women, particularly Christian women, when you are journeying through difficult moments, never think someone has not journeyed through it before. Christ did. And Hebrews chapter 12, verses 2 and 3 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down, at the right hand of the throne of God. 
First, consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Let ye be wearied and faith in your minds. Ladies, you can't be weary in whatsoever route you have find yourself, in whatsoever valley you have find yourself. Look unto Jesus. He is the standard. He endured the pain on the cross. He despised the shame of the soldiers, of the thieves, of the high priest and the passers-by. And today he is highly exalted. He is sitting on the right hand of the Father, that at his name every knee bows and every tongue confesses that he is Lord. First Peter chapter 2, verse 21 says, For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Christ left you an example that you should be able to follow in his steps. He went through the valley. He waited on the Lord. He said, let your will be done. He was mocked. He did not defend himself. How long have you been defending yourself to your colleagues at work, to your husband, to your children, to your relatives? How long have you been trying to prove your point? Would you lay your point at the foot of the cross and let Christ defend you. The valley journey is enjoyable as you lay your all at the altar of sacrifice. The valley journey brings forth treasures for as many women who journey through their valley following the footsteps of Jesus Christ. Would you come and follow him? Would you journey in his footstep as you journey through your valley of life? Would you focus on him who is the river of living water so that your soul is watered even though in valley? Would you respond to his love even though journeying through the valley? The valley is not an end in itself. It is only a means to an end. There is a hope. There is a plan for every woman that trusts in our Lord Jesus Christ. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says to us, says, I alone know the thoughts that I have for you. Good news Bible would say, I alone know the plan that I have for you. God has a plan for every woman, even though journeying through the valley of life. Would you yield that valley unto him? Would you yield that home into his hands? Would you yield your season of life into his hands? And you will see how he will transform your situation to his glory. Amen.